Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to check in with John Oates, who's a power forward for the Skinner's Freight Train team, which is a Boston College alumni team. John's got a fascinating job with the Dr. Oz Show, and you'll hear all about that in the course of this interview. Remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a little rating and a review. It'll help spread the word. Thanks. Hey, John, how are you? Good. Doing well, Dan. How's so, everything with you? I'm doing great, man. Hey, it's great to speak to you. I actually remember watching you when you were at Boston College, um, just by way of background. I'm actually a huge BC fan from way back, and it's actually a pleasure to actually get to speak to you. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. We always uh, we always appreciate the help, and even an old guy like myself, um, you know, always nice to hear when somebody's a fan of the program. John, so how did uh, Skinner's Freight Train come together? What's the, the genesis of the team? Well, we wanted to incorporate two things that we were all really passionate about and, and things that had like really touched us as a, as a group. So, you know, the first one of those things was Skinner, as in Al Skinner, who was, you know, the great coach that we all played under and um, brought us all together. And he's uh, the winningest coach in BC history. Unfortunately, uh, he's no longer there, but he was, uh, you know, a mentor and a great teacher and was kind of at the helm during the best uh, basketball era that I think you know many of us were part of. So um, we had to put that in there and uh, kind of honor our uh, our coach. And then the other part was um, freight, as in uh, Pete Freighties. You know, he uh, he was a, a fellow BC Athletics uh, family member uh, and was the inspiration behind the Ice Bucket Challenge. So you know we. We were close to the bas- uh, to the baseball team when when I was at BC. I actually think that um, that Pete roomed with uh, Sean Marshall, so um, that was kind of a lead in um, to to kind of bond those two teams. And you know, we hung out with those those guys a lot, and we're still close with a lot of them. In fact, you know, Chris Kowalski was on the baseball team, then played on the basketball team, so there's a nice little tie in there. Um, but yeah, we were we were really. Um, we were all really touched by Pete's, uh, Pete's mission. I mean, he, this is a guy that was, you know, such a great athlete and, um, and, you know, life, the party and such a positive, you know, happy person uh, and still is. Um, but he was, you know, we just see how this disease has affected him and it, it really had a profound impact on all of us. And so when, when the ice bucket challenge kind of swept the nation and was in everybody's Facebook feeds last year or last August, it, uh, it was such a great event. And then I think that one of the things that the Freddy's foundation is really uh, the narrative they've really tried to drive was let's keep this going. Like every August until there's a cure, we're going to do the ice bucket challenge. So this is kind of our way of, of helping continue that and, and making sure that that awesome message continues. So as you guys advance through the tournament, there's a, I don't know how much you know about this, but at the end of every game, you put a uh, you advance your name on a bracket. You advance Skinner's freight train on the bracket as you win. Can you see uh, dumping some ice bucket on top of each other as another oh. form of celebration <laughs> after the games? Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. That'd I mean, be great. It'd a- be a great tra- tie-in for you. But you were also saying too that there's a, there's a couple of other tie-ins with ALS in the BC community. Uh, Dick Kelly, uh, who I think passed away uh, recently, was an SID at Boston College as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dick Kelly was one of those guys that, that really stood out to, I think, everybody that played, uh, especially during my era at, at BC. I mean, he uh, he worked very closely with the team. He was with everybody from, uh, you know, from traveling to after the game. When you go to do media, you'd always have Dick Kelly, you know, right there with you. And, and DK would always uh, walk you to the interview room and he'd say, uh, you know, positive and humble. 
positive and humble. <laughs> you great. know, you really yeah. you wanted to make sure that you know you were you, you were putting the right vibe out there, and we were representing the school in a in the proper way. So, um, you know, he was just such a, a a really great person, and he really affected people um, that he touched. And uh, you know, it, so it wasn't it, obviously you know Pete's story resonated with us. Um, we saw you know Dick Kelly. Uh, succumb to this disease. So, I mean, it really is something that, um, that, that in our community, like we've really been touched by and, uh, um, it's, it, it was just a shoe in for us to, to all get behind. Um, and, uh, anything we can do to, to kind of advance that fight is, uh, is something that, that we're really passionate about. When you look at the roster that you've put together, it's really some of the premier talent that Boston college has had play in some capacity or another over the last 12 years. Tyrese Rice is you know, arguably the best point guard playing in Europe right now. Yeah. Um, Sean Marshall, yourself, Craig Smith uh, with NBA experience. Um, you've got Joe Trapani, Akita McLean. People don't realize that uh, Brady Heslip started off at Boston College. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a name that means a lot. Uh, yeah. Marquez Haynes, Kyle Casey, who played at Harvard. I want to talk about how he got on the team. Right. And, um, you know, obviously Tyler Neville is the GM, Steve Haley is the mm-hmm. coach. And then you've got one of the most interesting boosters is mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Falcons. How did that come yeah. about? Well, you know, Matt, uh, you know, he was there when we were there. I, we were the same year. Uh, we both graduated in 2008. And, and I mean, that was really kind of a, um, uh, that was a really special time in, in BC athletics history. It was, uh, everything was kind of clicking the right way. Hockey was just killing it. Football was was perform- was doing really well. We were doing uh, great in basketball. So it was a fun time to be uh, part of the athletics community. Um, and so there was a lot of crossover between like the basketball team and football, and baseball. And, you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot of us all hung out together. We were friends when we were there and, uh, and we stayed in touch. So when, when we decided that this was something that we wanted to do and, and really it was, you know, Tyler kind of spurred all this. Um, he reached out to, to Matt Ryan from what I understand, you know, kind of told him the story and he didn't hesitate to jump on board and, and kind of throw his support behind it, which is great. I mean, he's just had such a tremendous athletic career and to have his, uh, his social media megaphone kind of help us share the story. It's a, it's a really tremendous tool. And I think it kind of speaks to the mission that we're on. There were some great stories about Ryan, Matt Ryan, when he was at Boston college, I guess he's a pretty good basketball player himself and was pretty well regarded out of high school. I think he's from New Jersey too. Yeah. Um, and that there was some free throw competition or something. And I think it, it, he nailed a bunch of free throws in a row. Was it the basketball team that nicknamed him Matty Ice? You know, uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I would love to take credit for it as like a member <laughs> of the basketball team. Uh, I don't know if it, uh, I don't know if it was us. It was one of those things that uh, I think that a lot of different groups um, kind of take credit for, uh, for the naming of Matty Ice. I know that like um, there, well, there are some stories about it that I, I don't want to repeat publicly, but uh, no, I just, I, I always heard from, so when I first heard it, uh, it was one of my roommates and he was like, he was like, no, it's a tie into Natty Ice. Like, the, you know, oh, okay. Like, yeah. That, that's not right. And then like the whole, and then, you know, we heard the whole story about the free throws and uh, he's got ice water in his veins, much more fitting and, and, you know, a better tie into who he is as a person, as an athlete. So um yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot of those guys on the football team just were uh, were just great athletic talents all around. And, you know, when we'd all be up there for uh, for summer classes, we would, you know, we'd all kind of get on the court together and play. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. I think that the um, the free throw shooting and the ice water in his veins probably is a better 
you know, story publicly, but it seems like Natty Ice, knowing how college athletes are, uh, Natty Ice was probably closer to the truth, but I'm not going to ask you to comment any further on that. Exactly. How did you get a guy from Harvard, (laughs) from Harvard on the um, Boston College team? How did that come about with Kyle Casey? So it was actually Tyler that that was able to get him, uh, get him on board. He, uh, I I was talking with Tyler this morning and he he told me he reached out to Kyle um, and, uh, and was able to to get him on board. We were, we were trying to, um, to finalize our roster and we thought we were going to be able to have Sean Williams on the team who was, you know, my year, uh, at BC graduated in, in 08. He actually left, um, mid junior year, um, and was drafted by the Nets. Um, so he didn't complete his time at BC, unfortunately. Um, cause he was such a, you know, tremendous player, the best right. shot blocker I've ever seen. And, and one of the most pure athletes I've ever played with. Um, so we, we thought we were going to be able to have him. And unfortunately, the way that things worked out with uh, he's playing overseas in China right now and it wasn't going to work out. So uh, um, Tyler reached out to Kyle and, uh, and was able to add him, um, add him to the roster and we're, we're psyched to have him. I mean, he's such a tremendous athlete and uh, such a great talent. And we, I mean, he's going to be a big, uh, big asset for us as well, we, uh, as we get into tournament. Play. I'll tell you just from watching him last year, he played with a team that played out in Chicago uh, called the BG task force. And I thought that in the DePaul arena that we were playing in last year in Chicago, the rims were hanging from the ceiling. I seriously thought he was going to pull them down. I mean, it was unbelievable oh, yeah. <laughs> athletic that guy is. And I think he almost made the suns out of training camp. So that's going to be an awesome addition for you guys too. John, how much are you playing now in terms of basketball? So I'm playing a, a solid amount, but it's certainly not on the level as these guys, right? I mean, the, this is what these guys do for a living. Um, but I think that, you know, and anyone that kind of plays at, you know, the the high level, like, you know, ACC basketball can attest to, you know, when you play at that level, it's just always going to be in your blood and you always have such a passion for it. So even when I go through periods where I don't play quite as much because, you know, I, I, I have a busy job, I'm constantly running around um, working, it's, it's tough to maintain um, that level that you want to play at. And when you're, when you're not clicking at that, you know, super high level that you're used to playing at, um, it, it can be a little frustrating. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really try to maintain as much as I can and play as often as I can. And luckily I'm in, I, you know, I live in Manhattan where there's uh, a bunch of tremendous players that, um, kind of live in the area and I'm in a couple of good leagues, uh, in the city, but, um, you know, it's it's something that kind of never goes away. You always have the passion for it. You always are kind of itching to get out there and play. And I try to try to get out there a couple times a week and and uh, and you know at least get some shots up, if not get a couple of runs in. But you know, I'm thirty now, my back's hurting. You know, I'm like an an old guy now. Do you do you get over to that run at the New York Athletic Club? Yeah, rap? I actually, you know, I used to play in that uh, a little bit more frequently. Sean Marshall introduced me to that, and uh, you know, just like I, I had a uh, a slip disc in my back and. I uh, had to have surgery. So since the surgery, I haven't been back, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that is just a, a tremendous run. The the caliber of talent that they have over there is, is great. And uh, the facilities are great. And, uh, you know, Russ, who runs everything over there, is, is a great guy. And, uh, you know, they really run a top-notch program over there. Tell me about what that's like, because I've talked to Ross about this a bunch of times, Ross Burns a bunch of times yeah. offline. And everybody says that that run at the New York athletic club is just the best. It's, it's yeah. like incredible basketball. What's going on there. Are people watching it from the stands? Like kind of set the stage for us. Can you? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because, you know, the New York athletic club is one of those institutions where, um, you know, it's like a country club that isn't, it, it's not like a giant, you know, broad country club with a golf course and everything. It's a vertical country club. It's Manhattan, you know? So it's like, you know, 13 stories high on central park South, 
you know, and there's literally any sport you can imagine from, you know, from basketball to, to racket sports to swimming and wrestling and everything. And one of the cool things about the New York Athletic Club is they, you know, they really try to hammer home this tremendous pedigree of like, you know, we we really compete and we know, you know, maybe you're not playing pro anymore. You're not playing in college anymore. But like if you're going to come and play here, you're going to work hard and you're going to compete. And they, you know, so in addition to the runs that they have internal with the guys that are, you know, part of that program, they also play against like other athletic clubs from different areas. Um, and that's a really special thing. I've, I've only played in, in, in one of those. I was um, I was there when we I forget the club that we played against. But, um, you know, all the members uh, kind of come together. It's it's this very refined affairs. You know, there's you know drinks being served. There's hors d'oeuvres and everything. Like, you're I'm kidding. You're kidding me. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So you've got all these captains of industry from high yeah. finance or whatever that are paying however hundreds of thousands of dollars it is to get to join. And so like they're having a tea as you guys are playing. Yeah, they. I mean, that's they, awesome. It was. It was a, I mean, I had my. Well, I mean, she was my fiance at the time. My my wife now. Come and and you know she's come and seen me play before and you know grimy gyms and stuff. And uh, and this was much more her speed. You know, she was in, on the sidelines having a glass of rosé, like having a blast, <laughs> not, not watching any of the game. It's um, unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was. It's a but you know those guys they work really hard. It's not just hey let's let's get together and let's get some shots up. Ross runs a a very top notch program with his uh, with his brother and, uh, and and they work really hard. I mean, if you're going to be part of it, you are going to you're going to show up. You're going to play hard. You're going to work hard. You're going to go to the um, the speed and strength training. Um, you know, and it's something that I wish I could have given uh, a lot more time to. But the combination of like, you know, having back surgery and 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 my job, I, I couldn't because I mean, it it really does deserve your full attention if you're going to do it. And uh, and the guys that play there are uh, are very very talented. And they they work really hard. It sounds like maybe you ought to make that a goal over the next three months oh, before it, it, you get in it, shape, it, right? <laughs> no, it very much is. Uh, who else are you going to get? You guys have a couple of roster spots to fill. Have there been internal discussions about you know yeah. what what positional needs are and things like that? Yeah. Well, you know, I can't. Uh, it's it's very top secret, Dan. It is, <laughs> you know, we're whiteboarding here, and now we're we're trying to understand who we're going to bring on board. You know, I can say that I've I've reached out to uh, to a couple guys that are playing at the highest levels that uh, that have expressed some interest in helping us out, either as players or boosters, which is cool. Um, and uh, and we're going to be adding some pretty uh, some pretty exciting people to the roster pretty soon. So That's great. Um, you know, um, while we're super excited with, with everybody that we've had, I mean, I, to, just to look over the talent that we've been able to amass in just like, uh, you know, a few short, short weeks here, um, you know, we're, I, I don't, I don't know if Tyler or I really, I mean, Tyler really was the, the driving force behind this, but like once I got on board just to see like how it blew out and like, you know, you get a text message from Tyler in the morning, like, Hey, like Tyrese is now on board. Like Akid is on board. Like Craig just filmed his video, like to kind of see it grow and see that, you yeah. know, what was like, in my opinion, I mean, one of, by far the best team I've ever played on that, that, that team that was like my sophomore year, my junior year at BC, um, kind of reassemble, um, and see it all kind of materialize, uh, has been really cool. And, and we intend to, to add a couple more people to that, that roster before, uh, before time's up. Did you follow TBT in the past, or is this kind of your first exposure to it? Um, no, I did. I think the first year, uh, a couple people from, uh, from my old agency, uh, from VaynerMedia, um, we, uh, I had heard from uh, the co-founder of VaynerMedia, a guy. Uh, his oh, name yeah. Is I remember Vayner. this. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah. He, he, you know, the, these guys are, you know, they're not the, the guys that 
I played with at my old agency. I mean, we just they just played for fun, and we would you know kind of get together and get the ball up and everything. But I mean, they the caliber of of players that ended up you know being in that first tournament, we really didn't appreciate like the amount of talent that that a million dollar prize would draw. So AJ reached out to me, and he's like, "Hey, we should do this. Let's do it." So we assembled this this little uh this little team and uh i remember i was texting back and forth with uh dennis gregory who was on your guys yep. board yep at the time and uh and he was uh he was a coach and uh ran a bunch of tournaments when i was in high school so i knew him going back to then and uh and he was saying uh i was like hey what's the odds of us getting in and he was like honestly man not good not looking good <laughs> Uh, and I was like, "Why? Like these guys are pretty good." And he's like, I, "They all played high school." And like, like, and you're, you're okay, but like, you know, it's probably not going to happen. And it's then funny. I saw once the the teams came out, and I saw the the caliber of the talent that was playing it. Uh, it, it it really sunk in, like how special this tournament was. And then it's really just it, it's continued since then. I mean, the first year was incredible. Like last year was amazing, and then seeing where it is. Just a you know a, a few short uh, weeks and 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 months in now, um, it, you know it's just clear that you guys are really working on something very special and um, and the talent that you're able to uh, attract is a testament to that. Well, the the, um, the sentiment that you expressed about that sophomore year team at BC that you played on being the best one you ever played on and the chance to kind of get that band back together is one that is pretty common for alumni teams and it just seems like a really interesting opportunity. I mean, I would I would jump at the chance to go back to college and and play again, you know, yeah. and it just seems like a neat, a neat opportunity. I think, especially when you look at some of these guys and what they've gone on to do. And I imagine that you're all kind of in different stages of life too. Some guys are still playing like you've, well, I want to talk about what you're doing professionally in a minute, but you've kind of moved on professionally as well. And it's kind of a cool opportunity. I would think to kind of get back together with, with everybody, almost like a reunion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, that was a really special time, I think in everybody's life. I mean, even from guys that, that were just, you know, from, I mean, Tyler Neville was um, a perfect example of a guy that's just like he was—he was a walk-on on the team, but he was one of those guys that like drove the team and really like kind of defined um, the way that we worked and, and the way that everybody approached it. And he, you know, his his passion and commitment was um, was you know palpable and it was viral and everybody kind of got on the same page. But I mean, from like a guy that was you know a walk-on that was super passionate about it all the way to like a guy like Tyrese who's you know having like such a tremendous career overseas, arguably, like you said, one of you know, the best point guard in Europe. I think all of us and everybody in between, you know, really loved that time and, you know, really appreciated what we were able to accomplish and, and the experiences we were able to go through together. Um, you know, when, when you work that hard um, to achieve a, a common goal, um, and you're able to see success. I mean, it, you, maybe you don't realize it at the time, but it, it really does become one of those unbelievable experiences that you look back on with, with so much, uh, so much gratitude and happiness. So, you know, it's, it's really kind of a cool, surreal experience to kind of reassemble that team, uh, knowing like how close we all were and, and the camaraderie that we shared and, um, you know, and, and, and all be doing something that is, is something that we love doing. It's our, it's like, uh, uh, such a passion for everybody to be able to get all that back together. Um, is great in and of itself. And then to be able to do it for such an amazing cause, like something that's profoundly impacted everybody on the team um, and the BC athletics family as a whole. Um, it just makes it that much more special. And we're all just like so excited to get rolling. I had a quick question about why you guys are playing in the Los Angeles region. Why? Yeah. You, what's the move out West about? 
Uh, we just got a lot of guys that are out west. You know, we got uh, you know Craig Smith and Sean Marshall and um, you know a few other guys. It was just it, it was kind of easy for everybody to get out there. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the only guys that were that were in the east. I mean, I, I know that Akita's from Pittsburgh, but I don't know if he's um, if he's coming back there. Obviously, I'm in New York, uh, and Joe's in uh, Joe Trapani's in Connecticut, but. Yeah, we were just, it just seemed to work best for everybody, and uh, and we we originally were in the Northeast, and then we, we kind of moved it out West. And then you'll, if you advance out of that regional weekend, you'll end up back in Philly. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. So, John, how did you end up getting involved in the Dr. Oz show where you're, I think, the senior director of social media for the show? Do I have the title right? Yep, that's right, and I appreciate you getting the title Thanks. right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, um, no, so I started um, in social media in like 2009. It was it was my first job out of, out of college that wasn't you know, pro basketball. So when I first got out of BC, I, I, I kind of bounced around um, and played in a couple different leagues, both overseas and, and uh, here in the States. Obviously not the best league here in the States and in the NBA, otherwise <laughs> – it wouldn't, you would know about it, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so I did that for about a year and, uh, you know, combination of like realizing it, it, you know, it was time to start my business career. I was getting hurt a lot and, you know, I was ready to kind of move on. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and because of a, a year of basketball, I was, I was able to take a little bit of time and, and really kind of wait for the thing that I felt was like the best fit for me. And, and marketing and advertising was always like a big passion of mine. And I grew up around it. You know, my dad, when I was seven, started his own company, um, and he's a marketing consultant and, and has been successful with it for um, for as long as I can remember. So it was something that that I kind of grew up around and was passionate about. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I originally tried to take a run at like traditional marketing, traditional advertising, but I didn't have the the background in it. So um, I was working with uh, one of his clients. With a guy named uh, BK Bareko, who's been a you know kind of a a great business guy that I've been close with for a long time, and he had a a, comp- a nutritional company, and I was helping them, and they hired a brand new social media consulting company because there was this new thing called you know Facebook and Twitter had just come out, and they wanted to know how to do it, um, so they hired this brand new company called VaynerMedia, who was founded by Gary and AJ Vaynerchuk, who are you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners might know who they are. And I, I kind of met them through BK and very quickly realized that like social media was um, – it, it was this this big kind of tidal wave. You know, Anytime you have a thing where people are organically going to one website or one destination every single day and they're that intimately involved, um, brands are going to follow. Um, so they clearly were on to something there and I wanted to be a part of it. So um, I begged Gary for a job and he very kindly obliged. And, uh, and I came in and I was just kind of, I think I was like the seventh employee there. We were just in a one room, uh, shared working space. And, uh, and we had a few clients at the time and I started helping, uh, helping with the New York jets and their social media strategy. And from there we kind of exploded in terms of clients and size. And so I was working on, um, the New Jersey nets, the Campbell's brands, uh, Perfect farm, a few other ones I can't mention, um, <laughs> very top secret. Right. And, uh, and it kind of went from there. So I, I went from just being, you know, one of the people that was helping out to being an account executive running strategy for a few big brands. Um, and I was able to kind of hone my craft there. And uh, around 2012, the I saw that the Dr. Osho had an opening. And I actually tried to get them as a client. 
uh, but they wanted somebody internally, and we were able to work it out where I was, where I came over and, and joined their team. Um, and uh, and yeah, I've been here about four years now. We've able we've been able to really build his social presence into like a seminal point of his brand that helps drive tune in and helps you know him connect with people um, and have a conversation with them every day, which is a really powerful thing. Um, and uh, and after about three years here, I also took over social media strategy of our parent company, ShareCare, which was founded by uh, Jeff Arnold, who founded WebMD back in the '90s in cooperation with Dr. Oz. So we're kind of using social media um, to connect with people in a very personal way about something that matters to everybody, which is their health. So it's um, it's a pretty cool thing and to be able to be, you know, thirty and and directing the strategy of of such an important part of such an important brand is a is a pretty cool thing. So I've been really lucky and um, and you know it's it's something that like I think sports has played a big role in you know any and I think that a lot of people that transition from from sports into athletics can attest to that you you know you approach it the same way with the same intensity and and the same focus and drive and um you know teamwork plays a big role and understanding that it's not about credit it's about achieving a common goal you know those are aspects that will will play a big role in your life forever when you know when you step off the court you know it's not just something that that you do when you're playing so you know i think that in a lot of ways basketball has really helped my business career have you had a chance to implement any of your social media expertise with uh, Skinner's free train in terms of getting votes? <laughs> well, we're starting. We, uh, we've talked, luckily to this point, we've been able to, um, we've been able to get such tremendous support just kind of off the bat. I mean, people have re- are really starting to understand like what we're doing and we've been able to amass, uh, where we are now, you know, we're about 700 votes now and that's all really organic, but Tyler and I have been talking about a couple different ways that we can kind of get our votes up a little bit. And, um, uh, it's, it, it's something that like, if we have to, we will kind of implement it. But like to this point, it, it's really just been the Boston college, you know, athletics community kind of helping us get those votes up. So we've never, it, it, every time we we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get the votes up. We check and it's gone up another, you know, 50 yeah. or 60. You know, it does seem, cool. it does seem very organic and it doesn't seem to have to be a ton of, a ton of push, uh, which yeah. is a luxury, I think for alumni teams in, in general, um, yeah. versus some of the other teams. But, um, that's interesting. I was going to ask you this, John. This is kind of a weird question, maybe. I don't know. Um, what was the best Hall & Oates related trash talk that you ever got on the basketball court? <laughs> um, so, well, it was – well, one is not exactly a Hall & Oates related one. The best the best Hall & Oates one was – I think we were in Maryland, and, uh, and somebody – I was on the foul line, and somebody was holding up a sign, and it was my face, um, but it had the – the the Hall and Oates style like mustache and the little afro, um, and like more than distracting me, I was just I was just jealous. I just wanted that thing in my dorm room. Um, yeah, that was a really good one. Um, and every time we when we went to Duke, um, this is more of just like a, a generic taunt than a than a Hall and Oates specific one. They would always chant, uh, um, oh, what was it? It was uh, oats for breakfast, rice for lunch, which I thought was like yeah. a, a, a nice. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, nice uh, food pun. That's good. Food puns yeah. are always great. Yeah, the the John Oates thing. Honestly, like I, I looked at that and I was I was thinking there's got to be something there that he's got. But that, I like that with the uh, the mustache and the and the right. uh, little afro there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they were they were very creative. You just mentioned Duke a second ago, and uh, that's one of the things that I think within the Boston College uh, athletic fandom has always over the last maybe 10 years or so has been a real point of contention. And I think it's especially in this past season come up is the transition that 
BC made after your freshman year from the Big East to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your thought as that was going on? I mean, it must have been just pure excitement uh, as a freshman that suddenly you're now going to go down to Duke every year for the next three years and and place UNC and schools like that. But at the same time, did you were you aware that there was a lot of history there that you all were were leaving? Yeah, you know, I think it was a little bit of both, right? I mean, as a as a basketball fan, I mean, especially a basketball fan that was raised you know, in the Northeast and in New York, I mean, the Big East was such a profound influence on me. Like I was a huge UConn fan growing up. And, uh, you know, so I, I really, I appreciated the Big East. I grew up like going, I like Seton Hall and St. John's games. And so I, you know, I definitely, I was excited to, to get that experience knowing that we were going to the ACC my sophomore year. I really tried to like soak up as much as I could when we were playing in the Big East, my freshman year. And then, you know, and then on the other side, you know that you're going to this, uh, which, which, you know, especially at the time was like the best conference, in, in my opinion, in the country. And, you know, you're, you know, you're going to be going and playing at, you know, UNC and Duke and Wake Forest and NC State. And, um, and I mean, so you're excited to get, to leave as well, but, you know, it was, uh, and, and kind of attack that new that new conference and get this new experience because the conferences are very very different. You know, people a lot of times will ask me, you know, what's the big differences between uh, the Big East and the ACC? And at least at that time, like I I felt like the ACC was more of like a a pure talent conference. It was uh, it was a, a more of like a a finesse game, um, and uh, and then the Big East was more of a gritty style of basketball. Um, you know, a, a little bit more physical and um, you know, just a little bit different, but I, I, it was hard to pick between the two. I, you know, especially growing up as a, as a big East fan in New York, but um, yeah, I mean, we were, we were very excited to go to the ACC. We just, uh, we, it was very clear that a lot of the schools weren't super happy. We were leaving that, that, you know, our freshman year when we kind of went on that farewell tour. What was that like? Were you getting like harassed and ridiculed as you, the bus drove up and stuff like that? Or was it just, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, we went to, um, we played at UConn and we beat them my freshman year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that was a really special team. I, I, I didn't play too much my freshman year. Um, but I mean, that was the team with, you know, Jermaine Watson and Nate Dornicamp, you know, they were the seniors. Um, you know, and we, uh, I mean, we, I think we won, you know, 20 games in a row or 21 mm-hmm. games in a row. Yeah. Um, and you know, we were just on this incredible tear. We went to UConn. Um, uh, I think we were, I think UConn was favored and, and we, we upset them. And, uh, and yeah, I just, more than anything, I remember walking out and just everyone in, in Hartford just booing like crazy, just like, you know, waving goodbye and everything, like just making it very clear that like us leaving the, uh, the big East was, uh, was not a welcome change. And, uh, and we kind of experienced that everywhere we went and, you know, I, I kind of get it, you know, especially now, um, you know, there's been so much change since, um, you know, since, since I graduated and, um, you know, you like to see conferences kind of stay the same. So uh, e- even though I was kind of on the receiving end, I, I, I understand their, uh, you know, their anguish and, and their anger with that. You mentioned that change with, uh, BC athletics since you've left. And this year I think was really the, the low point. I mean, winless in both sports, basketball and in football in the ACC, which I think was the first time since world war two that any school had done that. Yeah. Um, what happened? Like what is going on? Do you have a, a a suggestion? Like what would you say to the athletic director if you could? 
Well, you know, maybe you already have. I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Brad Bates isn't. Uh, he hasn't reached out yet for my suggestions, but I'm sure I'm on his list. Uh, no, he, uh, no, but he, uh, you know, like anything, there, there are ebbs and flows, and um, you know, there are peaks and valleys. And I think that BC just happens to be in a particularly deep valley at the moment. But um, that doesn't mean that they're not gonna gonna pop back out. It just kind of was, you know, a terrible twist of karma that they were that they happen to have. Um, you know, two tremendously bad years in two major sports at the same time. Um, you know, but BC is one of those schools where, and Boston in general, is, is, it's just one of those areas where people are really passionate about sports. It's it's a fundamental, you know, cornerstone of, of Boston College as an institution. And, you know, I think that both programs are kind of in a transition year. I mean, Coach Christian and and his staff are are tremendously talented coaches. You know, they're all students of the game. They've, they have a proven track record. And, um, you know, I think when they have a couple of years to kind of get their own guys in to implement their own programs, refine their, um, their recruiting, um, you know, I think that, that we're going to start to see some success. And if, if coach Christian was there for like six or seven years and, and went winless, like that, it'd be a much bigger issue, but you know, he's still very much in transition. He's still a new coach. And uh, I think that he's, uh, he has a system that's going to work. They're building something over there. And, uh, you know, I have the utmost faith in, uh, in, in Brad Bates and in in coach Christian. And, um, you know, I know they're going to get back to that former glory. When you were at BC, did, um, did Doug Flutie ever come by in scrimmage and play with you guys? You know, I don't know if he came by and he, he did come by and play occasionally. I know he would shoot around and I, I don't, and I, I I shot around with him a few times when I was there. I don't think we ever scrimmaged. We might have run threes, you know, half court. But he was uh, he was all he was very much around. I mean, he's, I, he's in. I know he's in his fifties, uh, John, but he's in tremendous shape. He could easily oh, yeah. give you guys a couple of minutes off the bench. Totally. I mean, listen, if Doug Flutie wants to be on our roster, we will sign him in a heartbeat. Like, <laughs> I, I have some connections. I'll make, I'll make a couple phone calls. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, It'd be amazing to have an all-pro and yeah. a uh, Heisman Trophy winner on your roster at the same exactly. time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, that would be great. John, uh, this, has been, this has really been great. I'm um, looking forward to seeing what you guys do the rest of the qualification period, and hopefully if you make it in, uh, you have a lot of success. If not definitely on the court, then certainly raising uh, even more awareness for uh, Pete Frady's and the um, the ALS uh, cause. I appreciate your time, man. Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate it as well. And as people are getting ready, obviously we we appreciate the votes. But um, you know, go to Pete Frady's website, um, donate to the Freights Foundation. I mean, they're they're doing something really special there. And uh, you know, if we can contribute to that by by giving them a, a big giant check, we would love to do that. But uh, every little bit helps. And uh, you know, we hope that you can kind of join us and, and help with our mission. Thanks, John. Absolutely. My pleasure.